Some time ago, I had a conversation with a rather interesting gentleman who was well-versed in sacred scripture and theology. He expressed great discomfort with the thought of a physical resurrection of the body, thinking it was unreasonable and contrary to science, he interpreted the resurrection accounts in the Gospels as what he called a spiritual awakening of the apostles to a different level of thinking. Now, that gentleman is not alone in such a view. Why? Well, as I've said many times during Lent, our fallen nature makes us uncomfortable with mystery. And the resurrection is no exception, precisely because it defies our understanding. It is beyond our grasp. And most importantly, it is beyond our control. Human beings have never been comfortable with God as he is. And we seem to try to do our best to reduce him to something that we can manage. Try to force him to conform to the parameters of what we think is reasonable. The three hallmarks of Orthodox Christianity, God became man in the person of his son, God died in the person of his son, and God rose from the dead in the person of his son, are so outside of our comfort zone. So we create clever theories to essentially tame the mysteries, to make them less mysterious. But is it really unreasonable to believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus and by extension in our bodily resurrection? And the best way to answer that is to look at the reactions of Jesus' disciples. The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell us that Mary Magdalene and other women went to Jesus' tomb very early in the morning, making it clear it was still dark. John's Gospel mentions only Mary Magdalene, but agrees on the timing of the visit. The physical darkness reflected Mary Magdalene's spiritual darkness that can come from grief, from hope having been destroyed, and from the annihilation of the comforting presence of a loved one. She who once walked with him, who is the life and the light of the world, now wandered alone among the dead in darkness. It made her it can make us deeply vulnerable because this is when the evil one strikes, mocking faith, clouding our minds, tempting us to surrender to despair. All four Gospels agree that the stone that covered the entrance of the tomb had been rolled away. Mary Magdalene saw this and she went into panic mode. The only consolation she had was the certitude that her dead Jesus was in his tomb. And now that too had been ripped away from her. 
She ran to tell Peter and John, telling them, they have taken the Lord from the tomb. Who are the they? The apostles ran to the tomb. John outrunning Peter, suggesting either that John was much younger or Peter was, well, rather portly. John arrived at the tomb first. But out of profound respect for the role of Peter, he did not enter the tomb. Peter arrived, barged into the tomb, and he saw the burial cloths. Now, keep in mind, that Jesus' corpse had been anointed with over 100 pounds of a mixture of myrrh and aloe. Removing those cloths had to have been very time-consuming. And then Peter saw the cloth that covered Jesus' face that, curiously, had been rolled up and put in a separate place, which also would have taken time. Such actions would hardly have been the work of grave robbers. Peter left not knowing what to make of it. John went in. He saw the very same things that Peter did, and John emerged from the tomb believing. Resurrection faith dawned within him. The stone rolled away, the empty tomb, the burial cloths, the cloth that covered Jesus' face. What were they? Were they proofs? No. But they were signs. What is a sign? A sign can be an event or an object pregnant with meaning, pointing to a reality greater than itself if we're receptive to the signs. And what were these signs pointing them and us to? The resurrection, yes, but also to the mystery of divine love for man that gives hope so that death is stripped of its power to terrify us and to face the grave with the assurance it will not have the last word over us. Now watch what happens. Mary Magdalene was alone, still weeping at the tomb. By now the sun had risen, but Mary remained encased in her interior darkness. If our reading had continued, we would have heard that she stooped to look into the tomb. What was she looking for? What we all do when a loved one dies. An explanation? Why did this happen? Perhaps for some proof that it's all a bad dream. The text says nothing of her seeing the burial cloths as Peter and John did. Instead, she saw something quite different beautifully different. The text says, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the foot. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? 
she said to them, because they've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Okay. She saw, she heard, she conversed with angels who were suddenly and inexplicably inside the tomb, and notice all she can focus on is her grief and her distorted perception that they took the body of Jesus. Now, what is all that about? God is always seeking to console us, but so often our fallen nature inclines us to stay stuck in, to stay trapped with the familiar, even if it hurts us, We'll stay stuck and trapped in it. The darkness of our finite minds and our pain conspire to become the lens through which we see and interpret the world. And we arrogantly dare to call those distortions reality. If our reading had continued we would have heard the first of four resurrection appearances of Jesus. The text reads, saying this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Do you see what the interior darkness of grief can do? This is what our distorted view of reality does to us. Mary Magdalene thought this man was the gardener and said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. From her limited understanding, from her distorted perspective because she was clinging to her interior darkness, she thought she was being perfectly reasonable. The text continues. Jesus said to her, Mary! She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, meaning my teacher. It took just one word from him who is the way, the truth, and the life to penetrate through the darkness and bring light and clarity to Mary's tortured soul. The stone rolled away, the empty tomb, the burial cloths off to the side, but one that covered the Lord's face, rolled up in a place by itself. The testimony of angels were all signs. But why signs? Why not some kind of shock and awe display of Christ's triumph over death? A display of divine power that would rip away all the doubt of the disciples, the unbelief of the chief priests, and bring those Roman pagans down to their knees. Because divine compassion has infinite respect for man's free will, inviting all to put the signs together to accept faith, but never impose faith, to bring faith to reason and invite reason to a new level of insight through faith. Belief in the resurrection does not require training in theology. 
It does not require being schooled in sacred scripture. It does not require one to abandon reason. Belief in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead requires only one thing, the humility to accept a mystery that is beyond our grasp, our understanding, and our control. Jesus' unconditional love for us, his absolute and radical acceptance of us, and submission in gratitude to this divine love which gives us eternal life with him. The disciples eventually learned to accept Jesus' love for them. They realized that his resurrection released them from their guilt, from their sins, their fears, and their doubts, and so emboldened them that they set about to transform the world of their time. The mystery of the resurrection equally empowers us to transform the world of our time by applying the gifts of faith to reason, love to the harsh realities of life, and hope to a world that is, or was like Mary Magdalene, much encased in darkness. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen.